magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the pod, the pod ski. Remember that old SNL skit? Yeah. The podinator. It's Rob. What's his name? Rob. I don't remember his name. You don't? No. The copy guy? Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. And um, I'll just mention off the top that we are having Luis Mujica on today to have a discussion about eco grief. Yeah, so. and we did already have that discussion, we and sure it was did. great, and we think oh, you guys yeah. are going to like it. Yeah, I think we're, you're going to love it, even. Mm-hmm. It was very, um, it felt very uh, expansive. It did. conversation. Yeah. Like we were all thinking together. Yeah, and like I, it felt very, yeah, like, exciting for some reason, even mm-hmm. though we were talking <laughs> eco grief, which is mm-hmm. sad. Um, so any hoosers, usually if you're new here, this is when we talk about our week based on the card that we picked to see if it aligned. And yeah. Tess usually has to remind me what we picked. Yeah. So last new. week for, for this past week, we drew, um, you drew the gatherer from Mystic Shaman Oracle, hmm. which was about abundance. Oh, I believe. Okay. And I drew fine tune from Cosmic Dancer Oracle, which was mm. about fine tuning your energy coming into greater harmony and alignment. Mm. How do you feel about it? <sighs> well, definitely <laughs> there was a lot of fine tuning that happened for me last week. Yeah, this last week. Like, um, I mean, we did a chakra clearing and fine tuning in the Good Vibe oh, Tribe. Oh, nice. Then, yeah, there was like some kind of energy work and clearing. And then I did some energy work on myself some and some internal family system stuff related mm-hmm. to a family situation that mm-hmm. was kind of triggering for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. And it kind was good, of, right? By kind of, I mean very. <laughs> very <laughs> triggering. Yeah. 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 And it was good. It was like, I mean, it was a good uh, healing and yeah. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel a little drained still. It was kind of recent, but um, yeah. When you yeah, feel drained, do you have any practice? Because I'm asking because I always want to be like, fill up with light, fill up with light <laughs> to anybody yeah. who tells me they feel drained. So I'm curious what you do. Well, I took a, um, yesterday I took an Epsom salt and sea salt bath and I have this light. Ted didn't want it. He cleared out his closet and he found this mm. light that he didn't want that like, it looks like the northern lights in the bathroom. Like you turn off all the lights <laughs> in the bathroom and then there it like projects onto the wall and they're wow. just these kind of like undulating rainbow colors. Ooh. So I've been this is the last few times I've taken a bath I've been using it and yeah. I do feel like I'm like I'm like I'm plugged in like I'm a phone plugged into a recharger like I'm recharging with the water and then I'm looking at all the rainbow colors and feeling like I'm absorbing them and fine-tuning with them that's yeah it's nice that's good but sometimes (laughs) we just need actual physical rest yeah and I slept last Mm -hmm. night I didn't mm-hmm, sleep too well good. the night before. And yeah. I also, sometimes I'll do like deep breathing exercises or kundalini. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. What about uh, you? 
my filling week. up with light or you fill up oh, with light when, when I feel, feel drained mm-hmm. I yeah I f- rest I fill up with I make sure for me this is probably not the case for you but for me when I feel drained usually my grounding needs some attending to mm. so I check that my I check in with my body I check my grounding cord I bring in earth energy I make sure my energy isn't still with somebody else especially if I'm triggered by somebody else so I call my energy back to me make sure I really feel it around me I usually bring it into a big sun above my head and then I poke a hole in it and let the light come pouring through so like collecting my energy and then bringing the light in those are some things that I do as an airy person when I am drained I think it's like my energy scattered usually mm-hmm. so I have to bring it or like I let someone in and so yeah, yeah. doing yeah. inner child work like you did parts work and then yeah, yeah and it was inner child and inner adolescent that needed some it was very simple it was inner critic and then inner child and inner adolescent working yeah. with all those guys Um, Well, I was just going to say that, I mean, I have been, um, there's been a lot of stuff up, but this week was a little bit easier. I would say a lot easier. Um, But I did do this really interesting inner child, like, conversation that I thought I would share because, so I was feeling, I don't even remember what I was feeling, but basically I saw my inner child, I was like, well, where did this feeling originate? And I saw her in a place she's never shown me before, which was my first grade classroom. And I don't know if you know this, but (laughs) one of the many ways my mom did things funny was I was in, I was four years old in first grade. Oh. Most people are six or five. Yeah, I was six in first grade and I was like younger. (laughs) Like there were, I mean, I feel like lots of people turned seven in first grade. But yes. I didn't. So you I were was, very, you were like preschool age. Yeah. I it, I always thought I was one year ahead. And I was because like people were a year older than me. They weren't two years older than me. Kindergarten usually. is five usually. Yeah, kindergarten is five. I started kindergarten at two and a half. Oh my but goodness. But then I was, because <laughs> I taught myself how to read. So my mom yeah. was like, well, you're ready for school. Uh, and then she, she really just didn't want kids in the house anymore, I think. Oh. But anyway, so I saw myself there, and I was really, like, very I, obsessed with trying to read the room, like, trying to figure out how do I get these people to like me. Yeah. And it was very clear for the first time, even though I knew intellectually, oh, I was very young in school. I don't, I didn't remember feeling younger, really, ever. Oh. Um. Uh, I I didn't process it that way. Now I realize like that was, oh, that's because you were younger. That's because you were younger. But anyway, I'll try to tell this fast. I was very uh, obsessed with like, how do I get these people on the same page with me? How do I get them to like me? Because they, I was like kicked out of a club. That's one of my first memories. They were like, you're kicked out of the club. I showed up at school one day in first grade. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I didn't like that. So anyway, when I got her to look at me, I was like, can you tell that I like you? And then she was like, oh, like relaxed and felt like she didn't have to scan the room anymore because I liked her. And then I was like, well, let's c- 
get out of here. You know, <laughs> where do you want to go? And she just wanted to be with me. And so I then took the energy. I was like, is there anything you want to release? And she just kind of like released all this stuff from my aura, from her aura. It, and it like went into the earth. And then I filled up with light and then she grew into this like, Actually, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but then I, she, she grew into a nine-year-old. Then I dealt with the nine-year-old inner child. And then she grew into like this really, what I felt was cooler version of me. Like yeah. this, like really like this version of me didn't, like she was like, didn't give a shit. She kind of seemed like, um, like she would be at a music festival oh. in the 70s. <laughs> Like, just like, yeah, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Like, and we're just going to have fun. Like, that's all I care about is having fun and hanging out and like, whatever. And so then I merged with that part and I was like, whew, felt so good. That is so inspiring. So liberating. Uh, So liberating. And yeah, it just felt really good. So that was kind of, I feel like, a culmination of the last week where I was so triggered last week with stuff going on with my kids' school. And so it just enabled, oh, my God, there is a huge bug just flew against my window. On oh, the outside? My, yes, on the outside. Oh. On the outside. It's just very large. It just moved its antennae. I know. I want to <laughs> love bugs. I really do. And everyone in my family loves bugs, but I get scared. What kind of bug is it? I know. It's maybe a cicada. Oh. Oosh. Its wings are very long and transparent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it felt really good and I still feel like I check in to the other parts but because that um big version of like I keep connecting with that and it feels really heart-centered and also super cool I love that yeah so that's that was my week cool Um, all right. Shall we talk about um some things like yeah, the fact let's that talk your about book some things. launch? Oh my goodness, my book is wow. coming out so soon. I mean, I bet there'll be copies just maybe this week or next week. Um, but it's very exciting. Yeah, and I can't I'm wait a to get a little nervous. Oh yeah, you're nervous. Very nervous. Yeah. And, um, what are you nervous I keep, about? I keep like making minimizing. <laughs> like, just a little triggered. Just a little nervous. Um, well, I just you know, as if I feel very self conscious because I it's a whole book full of my thoughts. I yeah, mean, all my books are. <laughs> I just pictured it feel surrounded with like in a love bubble. And mm. like just a bubble, a pink bubble, like of because I, I mean I just know everybody's gonna love it and oh, like are gonna like really appreciate these. Yeah, well I'm also stories. excited. So yeah. that's the other side yeah, of the coin. I know. Like we all know with stage fright. I mean, yeah, I feel like stage fright is both excitement and fear. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. love it if you maybe talk to that scared part some more this week because I bet. Oh, that... I did though. Remember, oh, okay. I did talk to. Mm-hmm. I did the IFS for the, and I have been feeling way better. And I actually did when I did tune in about <laughs> my. That was when I was feeling like really, um, just 
kind of inadequate remember like yeah. that was dragging uh, or driving me like okay I need yes. to try it today how can I fix this inadequacy <laughs> you know oh. and then I tuned in about that and I did I actually your story reminded me because I did tune into my inner 16 year old who really really wanted to impress our mom my yeah. mom yeah who was really yeah. about being cool like she really wanted me to be cool you know like some moms they really want their kids to be like cheerleaders or straight A uh, students. Like my mom yeah. wanted me to be cool. Oh, fast! Like she really dissuaded me from trying out for cheerleading, and I really wanted to. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, but she did pressure me to take drum lessons. These are just examples. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you know it may take more than one visit. Yeah, maybe I could do it again. But anyway, that was the part. The process was I needed to tell my sixteen-year-old, "Hey." you know what? I love you exactly as you are. You don't have to do anything special to be cool in my eyes. Like you're just inherently okay. And then so then that. Did she feel it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. She was like a little worried that she would lose her edge. <laughs> oh. Like this, like now this is my identity. Like, cause I was like a kind of a grunge kid. I cut my hair all short and oh. dyed it black and just, but I, I feel like that it was, I wouldn't have done that if it hadn't been for my mom, maybe. Wow. So, but, so then she was kind of like, oh, no, then who will I be? Like, I I have this whole identity of this cool kid. Yeah. And then I was like, you can still be that. It's okay. But it's just know that, you know, you don't have to do anything <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just laughing because, um, well, you know, my mom was not at all cool. Anyway, in a way, she was cool just because she didn't care about what anybody thought. But um, she, all she wanted from me was to be smart, like oh, to yeah. be an intellectual, to be an achiever, right. to be intellectual. That's all it, she wanted from uh, me. Isn't that funny? They just yeah. they have these projections. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is it's funny because my oldest, um, we were in Target the other day and these two girls who are like her age came up to her, to them and was like, we just want to tell you we think you're really cool. Oh, how cute. Isn't that cute? And she was like, oh, thank you. And then I was like such the like opposite of cool mom. I was like, oh, well, where are you going to school? Like I started this whole conversation. And then that got them to share their information. Um, But it was funny because it was just, I wonder how your mom would have just loved to have heard that. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how she would have handled that. Like if she would have stepped back. What do you think? She would have been quiet. Oh, she would have been quiet. Like I think maybe because she would think that was cool. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she, was, yeah. she was quiet around people in public. Uh, she was not. She didn't feel comfortable yeah. talking to strangers. Yeah. I got all their information. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where were we with that? I lost the thread of that conversation. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we were just talking my- about my book is coming out. Yeah. So my oh, new yeah. book, my new book is coming out, and this week on Thursday, I am doing a book launch event that is huh. free, and all you have to do—it's online. All you have to do is register. That was so sweet how you acted surprised about that. Well, I forgot what day it was. <laughs> I wasn't acting. <laughs> like happily surprised, like oh, I was. <laughs> I wasn't pretending. I didn't know what oh. day it was. Oh, it's Thursday, okay. August twenty sixth. What and- time? 
at 6.30. I believe it's 6.30 Mountain. So that would be 5.30 Pacific, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. Mm -hmm. And it's free, but you do have to register. So you can go to TessWhitehurst.com and then go to About and Appearances. Or there's a link in my Instagram bio to sign up. Or you could go to East West Books Seattle website and sign up on their um, event page. And so that's going to be fun. I'm looking yeah, forward to talking about okay. self-love, self-love practices and inspiration. If you Thursday. sign up, do you get the recording? Do you know? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. I would I, assume usually yeah, that comes yeah. along with registration. Okay. I'm teaching my class that day, but I could come a little late, I guess. But so your class, do you want to tell us about your class? Oh, no, because it's already, if you're hearing this Monday, you're shit out of luck. Any day this week. (laughs) I suppose (laughs) if you heard this Monday and you really wanted to get there, you wouldn't have missed um, anything because it came out today. But um, yeah, but we're done talking about that, although I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to start. Um, Okay, so shall we? just talk about louise for a second i have well yeah did did you want to talk about anything of yours oh it's okay i feel a little talked out of me because of the class that i've oh okay well um yeah just first i would like to mention request i have a request would you please write us a review oh yes on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts just take a minute to review us we would be so grateful and if you've already done that we are so grateful yeah we love these reviews they're so sweet to read we just love them. They I mean, make they us more feel than good. once have brought a tear to our eye. Yeah, it's our true. collective you, eye. Right, <laughs> our collective, our four eyes have <laughs> cried. <laughs> if you like to make us cry, then that would be great. Cry. Leave us a review. Yeah, happy cry reviews, not yeah, sad no. cry. Don't reviews. make us sad Please. cry. Please I don't think we those. would sad cry. We'd be more like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Why are you listening if that's what you're doing? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't have to take the time to do that. Anyway, so, um, (laughs) and also we have a newsletter that I send out every Monday with pictures of the cards we draw and links to our guests' information. And um, and we have a phone number if you want to call us. Oh, and I send out a monthly newsletter um, that I think it's, this month, I'm going to be writing it. This yeah, Thursday. you can sign up on our website. I forgot to mention. Yeah, at Magic subscribe. Monday. MagicMondayPodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you can call us to ask us a question at 828-333-7181. 828-333-7181. And um, actually, next week, is it next week? No, in two weeks, it's just going to be us, no guests. Mm-hmm. So if you want to leave a question, that's when we're probably going to answer all of them. We'll have plenty of time that day. Yeah. You can also email us at magicmondaypodcast.com. I like go on the website and there's a little ask a question. Button. Contact form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay so yes. Yes. So Now the bio. 
Here we go to talk about Luis. Luis Mojica is a somatic therapist that helps people release trauma and stress by listening to their bodies. He combines nutrition, herbs, somatic therapy, and self-inquiry to create safe space in the body. From this safety, we're able to learn, transform, and better connect to ourselves and the world around us. Here is our interview. Right, so we are so excited to have you back, Louise. Um, and we, so we got a question um, from somebody who was asking us if we could talk to somebody about eco grief. Um, they are doing a lot of work with the earth and helping to save it. I don't know if that is even the right expression, but like trying to help. <laughs> I don't, you know, activism warming. Yeah. But I was going to say like, try to stop global warming. That's not even a thing that can happen, but, um, you know, (laughs) yes, thank you. Great. You throw in the words and then I'll add the prepositions. (laughs) Um, so we, we thought of you as being a perfect person to talk to just about healing and the earth and all of it. And wondering what comes up for you around this subject of global warming and saving the earth. It's such a big subject. Yeah. You know, like I'm smiling because of the charge that Mm. like that comes up when I think about it. I think the charge is especially talking about it publicly because um, I've never done that yet ever, mm. which you, th- you know, I think I would by now with the kind of circles I run in mm-hmm. um, those witches I roll with, <laughs> but um, it just hasn't happened. It's like, mm-hmm. it happens in private therapy all the time, oh, and, wow. you know, emails and questions and things like that. So when you wrote, it was interesting because I had really in that week in particular, been steeped in that contemplation oh interesting Um, yeah because I suddenly had this feeling I was really seeing the climate um no different than I see the body you know it's like you know Mm -hmm. like I know you two really get that and your listeners obviously get that um okay I'll give you an example I remember a woman walked into my office about five years ago and she would call herself morbidly obese. That was like her identity based mm-hmm. on what she was told about her body. Mm-hmm. And when she was sitting in front of me and we were talking about like her body and her nutrition and all these things that she wanted to change and heal and like lose weight and such. I remember saying to her, I, I, I remember saying to her, just so you know, your body's like doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Like it's, it's perfectly in balance with its situation. And she was like shocked. Oh yeah. And, and that's right. I mean, we're told that all the time. Yeah, all of us. All of us. But like, yes, like uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. You need it to doesn't it. know you what to- it wants. Yeah. It, yes. yeah. it doesn't know yes. how to exercise. It doesn't know how to eat. It's yes. Yes. And, and it's and, shameful. And- There's just like something inherently dirty about it too. You have to like disinfect it. <laughs> you know, like yes. so many products we need in order for it to be acceptable. Like, yeah, so much. See, so it's much funny you saying that. Cause that I was talking to a woman um, who I've had on my show before. Her name's Amber McZeal. Someone you two should consider speaking with at some point. You would just, oh. so you would just, uh, she'd be perfect here. Oh, okay. But, um, she's she's amazing. She's um, a colleague and a friend. 
And she, her dissertation and her work is titled Decolonizing the Psyche. Mm. And it's all about um, essentially understanding how colonization uh, affects the psyche and begins in the psyche. So it's not just these big historical collective uh, oppressive events that we've obviously understand and see to this day living out. But where does that come from? Like, where does that expression of oppression even come from? It comes from an individual's psyche. It starts there and then it becomes action. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that because we talked in our, we spoke in our interview about what Tess was just saying about how when you walk down the aisles of a store, you can see product after product that's geared toward disconnecting you from the sensations of your body, mm -hmm. the, the smells, the colors, the shades, mm -hmm. the rashes, you know, whatever, what, yeah. you, the, the hair turning colors, like whatever it yeah. is. And that's part of this conversation for me because, and I have no formal opinion about climate change, right? I have like my heart <laughs> and I have what I experience in the moment and what I see. But what I'm curious about is this, the, how, how we see the earth right now. And like, we're talking about eco grief. Like the first question for me is always, well, what are we grieving? Because grief is from loss, right? It, it's like, we, we feel like we're losing something. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what's the thing we're grieving? And what are we getting from that? Like, uh, for instance, if I see the wildfires, like our, our little town was filled with smoke clouds from Canada mm -hmm. like two or three weeks ago. It was this yeah. strange orange haze, right? Mm -hmm. And people with lung issues were having problems that couldn't go outside. Mm. So I was seeing this being the smoke cloud coming from Canada. Now my mind, you know, really for a minute was like, whoa, like the earth is ending, you know, that thing, that place we go. And then my body was like, what if this is what it does? Like, what if this is something it does that doesn't make sense to us and seems tragic because it affects our homes and our, our society we've built? But what if our reaction to it is the problem? You know, and, and what I mean by that is to bring us right back to that client I was talking about. Like, we see this symptom and we think it's a problem that we need to fix mm -hmm. versus something to listen to. Mm -hmm. So I'm like holding that for a minute. I want to know where you two go with that because that's where, how I've been holding this eco grief. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, yeah you know, you, no, you <laughs> I feel I'm still forming. My, okay. my reaction well, is still forming. Yeah, I kind of am too, but it's like this thing I've been talking about on the podcast lately where the that this realization I had come to that when you're feeling pain, it's really the separation that is the pain. It's not the problem, actually, that it's this feeling of being separate from something, not bringing yes. it in. That is really the pain. And that's just something that comes to mind when you say that. And then of course, there's just the mind like, yeah, well, also when you say about listening to it. So then if we're listening to the earth, we would say, oh, she needs less pollution. She needs all of these things that many were not all on board with that. And so that's painful, the separation from other people that 
where we're like, oh, you're doing this thing wrong and that's painful. But then it's just a lot because then it's also like, but they are wrong (laughs) because like they should be treating the earth better and then she wouldn't be experiencing all of this. But then again, maybe that's part of the process. I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really do connect with that feeling, all the feelings of that too, like breathing them in. I have a video that I made during the fires in um, Australia in 2020, where I talk about mindful heartache that like Mm. you, you breathe it and you feel the pain. Mm. You don't try to like explain it away. You have compassion for yourself. And so it's like that. And, And it reminds me too, of when my cat acorn died years ago. And I went to a Kundalini breathing workshop and we just would breathe deeply for, I mean, for a really long time, you know, Kundalini, <laughs> so mm-hmm. just oh, like yeah. breathing deeply, breathing deeply, breathing deeply. And then at some point I just started bawling because I got in touch with, and it was so interesting. Cause I remember saying, I think saying to myself, I just miss her. I just, it was like this simplicity of like, mm-hmm. I just wish yeah. I could hold my cat. I just miss her. And it, like to just finally get in touch with just the basic feeling of that, you know? Mm-hmm. But what about what you were saying, Luis, about there isn't a problem? Like part of me feels that to be true. And then part of me is like, no, <laughs> not true. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what my client did on the chair. When yeah. I looked at her and I said, you know, to me, your body's beautiful. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing based on what what foods it's receiving based on like emotions, based on environment, based on childhood trauma. Like there's, there's such a nuance to why your body is in this state. Yes. And to me, there's nothing wrong about it. Right, right. It's part of the natural process. Right. That doesn't mean like, okay, I keep avoiding my body. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that part of us, that's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with this. Then we get scared with that. And we're like, nope, I can't go there. I think it's that part that's afraid if we think there's nothing wrong, we won't do anything to nurture it or take care of it. Right. Yeah. Which is not true. Yeah. Right. Uh, And, and that's why I'm so interested in this discussion with you two. I feel really like honored to speak to you two about it because Mm -hmm. I don't know many people um, that, you know, are are willing to speak about it in this context Mm. in a more, um, let's say curious context versus like scientific, we know what's going on. Right. Right right? The, and like we, the, feeling our feelings about it. Feeling our yeah. feelings about it and really not knowing what's right. Yeah. Like when that smoke was coming in, I was sitting right here and I was watching it like slowly just over the day filling in the town. I remember just having a feeling of, okay, how is this different from sage smoke at a ritual? Uh-huh. Right? Like this is like a collective burning of plants. Mm. The earth has ignited it. Yes, there's a lot of drought. There's a lot of issues with deforestation. A lot of things maybe built that to make it bigger than we're ever used to seeing in our lifetime. It's still an expression of earth. So do I damn the earth's expression or do I kind of like bow to it and, and, and see what it awakens in me? Yeah. And that's what well, I'm really curious about. What I'm wondering about that is like, you know, when you have trauma, in your body and it's not and you're not conscious well the earth is conscious like the earth is doing what it needs to do right but then the problem 
is it's the people in, on the earth who are creating the conditions for the earth to have to express itself in this way. So it's like mm -hmm. the earth is expressing itself in this way. I agree that is, it needs to, it has to, that's what's happening. But then it's like, is that the, is that maybe that is the earth kind of grieving like that? It, maybe it's like the, when we're crying from feeling our trauma wounds or, mm -hmm. you know, and then therefore when we have this trauma, we, us and people who are aware, like who want to heal it, then we look at it and we say, okay, what's the meaning? What am I feeling? How do I heal it? But I think for me and maybe for the person that wrote in what they were saying was what do you do well maybe they're not saying that maybe this is what i'm saying is what do you do with the fact that it feels very helpless mm -hmm. and sometimes hopeless to think that people are being so are not treating it well like if there were people around your client for instance who were not treating her well or, okay, what were you going to say, Tess? Oh, just, I was wondering, have you guys heard of or read Steven Pinker? No. Mm -mm. He's a professor at Harvard, and he, he is <laughs> a psychologist. Maybe heard of it? <laughs> I was just trying to remember <laughs> if I make sure I got it right. He's a professor, he's a psychology professor, but he's also, I think, a neuroscientist. Um, but he is known for, he's written a number of books. I'm only reading one of them. It's called Enlightenment Now. But he writes about how, like, the story that the media tells and the story that a lot of intellectuals and um, scholarly people tell is this gloom and doom story. And he's like, there are problems. Like, I'm, he's definitely with the environment yeah, there's a definitely obviously a problem and we definitely need to fix the problems. But he just shows like how there have been a lot of ways that things have been spun mm -hmm. to make it mm -hmm. look like progress is actually way worse, like science and progress are actually way worse than they mm -hmm. really are. Like, for example, with the environment, he talks about how things actually have gotten a lot better over the mm -hmm. last like 10 years, like emissions have gone down and how in countries that are wealthier, like that, that we know this, like when we feel comfortable in our lives, then we have the time and the luxury to worry about the environment. So yes. it just kind of shows like all these ways and then how like, um, energy has gotten cleaner over time. And he talks about like how there's the potential for engineering things. Oh, and even like how, our ancestors, like in the stone age, that humans have always depleted the land, that humans have always overhunted. Like it's a, that's the way humans are on earth. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of points to a new way of like, not ignoring the issues, but looking at them in a more constructive way. And mm -hmm. also in a way that is less, that, that doesn't like paint the picture. It, it's like a different paradigm where it's not the paradigm of humans are just out of alignment with the earth like we're we do what we do you know and we've we're learning over time to try to coexist with it in a healthier way and there's a lot we have to do especially with the carbon emissions situation um to heal it but it's not impossible is the, mm -hmm. this is his perspective which i find to be um I, I when i read him and learned about him i was like it was such because it never occurred to me to think like 
oh, maybe humans aren't totally like just the worst assholes, you know, <laughs> like maybe <laughs> totally, totally. you know what I mean? Like, I so agree that perspective. So you both, you both inspired me with what you said. So I'm going to go to test first because it was recent and I'm feeling it more. Uh, what you're saying is invoking in me the, the quote issue of human supremacy. Like, mm. I think that's more of our problem actually because, and I say this with so much respect to anyone listening who's lost anyone or their home from a natural event. Like I'm not downplaying it. I have so, so far not had that experience. I've had small experiences, but I haven't lived through a natural catastrophe. So I'm not gonna act like I have. What interests me is from my observation, um, our human supremacy, it essentially says like this life I'm setting up, I'm entitled to, right? Yeah. When I've worked with indigenous peoples or you know, medicine peoples or witches or people that really practice animism, which removes human supremacy, they say, I live in this house on this land and anything could happen at any time. So there's this daily practice that I am in a constant relationship to this living body that my house is built on the earth. And at any time I am humbled by knowing that the earth will decide what happens tomorrow. Mm. And I think that's what we've lost in these last like 150 plus years of you know progress and industrialization. Mm. We've created this concept I would, I guess it started as a concept, but now it's become more of like, um, what's the word for it? Um, I don't want to say delusion, illusion. Mm -hmm. We've created this illusion that these societies are nature, that like they're here forever and they're living and breathing, but they're not, they're constructs, right? And so I think the daily practice or the cultural experience of knowing that you're everything you are doing is in relationship to a living being like electricity being pumped for all of us right now to have this conversation is fueled from some plant somewhere that's also spewing toxins into the air as we talk yeah. about eco grief yeah. so you're right so there's this contradictory inevitable contradiction to being alive in this modern world Definitely. number one and there's this reality of am I practicing that humble awareness that this could be taken from me at any moment? Yeah. And I think when we're not, it's a shocker when it happens and we think the world is ending. Yeah. Whereas I believe the world's always done this. The earth has always done this, but we haven't mm. had such large societies on the, on the edges of these places that do these things, if that makes sense. But doesn't that mean that humans have always been the problem then and like we should be healing ourselves to help? I mean, that's what I, I feel about it. I don't think of that. I don't see it that way. I see okay. it like, th let's think of a relationship. And I'm, I'm curious what you two think about this. Like think about a lover. We'll make mm -hmm. it like the most intimate relationships we have, like a lover or a child. Mm -hmm. And and how it's constantly, you're constantly moving through these ruptures, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that your partner is an asshole. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that your child is defective. It doesn't mean you're a defective parent. Yeah. It, it means like, this is what a relationship is. Uh, it's, it's a lifelong rupture and repair cycle. And in our society, we see the ruptures as problems versus part of the process of life. Yeah, oh, that totally. is really something. <laughs> I got to tell you, because I... 
Ah, this is just exactly what I'm learning right now, too, because like without going into detail, like one of my kids was involved in this relationship with a friendship with their friend. And it was like, I was like, oh, how could this person do this? Then it comes out that this other person had this other whole side to it that I didn't know about. And like the friendship, it grew from this from this rupture and nobody was bad or good. Like there were, there really were yeah. two sides. <laughs> like yes. And it's, yes. That's how it is always. There's just two sides. Always. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I feel like since the pandemic, that was when I started reading Steven Pinker. And that's when I started thinking about human life in a different way. Cause I feel like before the pandemic, I would, I was more like, yeah, there's too many humans. Humans suck. And then during the pandemic, I was like, wait, I value, I value the vaccine. I value science. I value human life. And then I started learning about like how humans most of the time would starve for most of human existence, Mm. almost like a large percentage of humans would starve and a Mm. huge percentage of babies would die. I Mm. mean, for up until very recently, like the industrial and, and revolution. Mothers, and mothers yes, having the baby. And mothers. Yeah. 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 And so, and then science and then medicine and then <laughs> electricity and then factory farming. And these mm-hmm. things that I thought were so terrible are things that made it so humans could not be afraid of like almost certainly starving or, I mean, and you really think about starving. It's not just like a a statistic. It's horrible. And that was human life. That was most of, and like you read novels and those are written by the privileged people. So you don't really hear about how that was really how human life used to be. But so stuff like that has kind of shifted my awareness about like, yeah, does it create problems for us to be like, um, farming in this way so that we can feed so many more people and like using electricity in this way so so many people can move themselves out of poverty it creates problems and we will continue to work to solve them as a culture while we're here i mean i I agree i mean you're i think what you're also saying in there is if we and this is where i'm saying about this like conscious cultural daily practice of like humbleness and in response Mm-hmm. or humbleness in relationship with, I should say, like, you know, you two can't control your best friend or partner or child. You can't control that person. Right. Yeah. When we enter into this progress of society and I, I come from, like, my mind is a 17th century, you know, like I'm like before electricity, that's where I would prefer to live if I had the choice. Um, maybe if I actually lived there, would I? Like, would I be okay dying at 35 from stepping on a nail? I don't know. Right. You know, in, in my mind, in my mind, I, it's so like, like, could I be a bisexual, queer, mixed person? Probably not. But, you know, but it's like, my mind loves to romanticize that. However, what you're saying is my ability to even romanticize that comes from the society we have, because I can even sit here and breathe and have my water pumped right. into my build. Clean you know, the, water, yeah. Clean water, it's insane. <laughs> However, as much as I love it, and I don't push it away either anymore, I used to, but I'm, I'm so much more like it's all allowed to exist. It's all uh-huh. allowed to be an expression of our nature. Yeah. It's also allowed to be destroyed. Like, uh-huh. why is that so bad? And, and that's what I'm trying to, my working through eco grief is that like, why, why is my building more important than the water 
that rushes up and floods my town? Why is one more important than the other? And as we're talking, I'm actually realizing I did experience a natural disaster that I forgot about. It was three years ago. We lived on the foothills of the big mountain over here called the Black Clove, literally a waterfall in our backyard, like gorgeous paradise. And I was told because of climate change, we had this like tropical summer, which we've never had here. It was so humid and hot. And this mold epidemic was created. And there was just mold and you would walk outside. It would smell like you were like in an antique store. It was so moldy. And our entire house and all of our belongings got infested with mold. And we had to throw everything out. We didn't have a house. We were living with a friend. My piano was taken away, like our bed. We literally lost everything except for some photos. And, And I didn't even think about it. right now because I was so okay with it because I've been practicing this practice of I'm not supreme Uh like I'm just I'm part of it Mm. so I was like well the mold I'm pro-choice the mold has you know a right to its life too like why do I why do I have to choose so in that humility I listened to like when you're saying feel it my wife and I were like feeling the grief and realizing, you know, we're being pushed out of this house. We'd probably never leave. We need to leave. We're being pushed out. Yeah. And so many new amazing things blossomed from that experience. Yes. But we moved. We left everything we had. We went into debt for like three years. It wasn't Whoa. easy, but yeah. it was necessary. It was what was. Yeah. You know, this makes me think about death in general. And like, I feel very comfortable with death. I mean, maybe not when it actually happens to me, who knows, but like, I, it's just a part of life, you know? And this is, it's like the same kind of thing. Like who are, I mean, I'm just feeling this very emotionally. I'm feeling this on a real body level, like just how it's all part of it. And it is very human supremacy thinking to think that we, can control it I guess I mean in a way we but then it's it's like we can't make better decisions you know but better what does that even mean I don't know and it's all part of it it's just like it's all part of it and I hate to in some ways I feel self-conscious saying this because I don't want to do the spiritual bypassing thing but what it's we talked about this last time on the podcast about that question what if life was here to pleasure you and everything was about that Mm. everything was about that like in some way there's even the grief even the lesson all of it is somehow serving everything i don't know how it couldn't like Mm. i'm watching this documentary on netflix right now with david attenborough about the earth it's like a Mm. five six part series Mm. and there's this i'm watching the jungle one right now and and the jungle teaches me so much about what we are talking about because there are so many layers of life that kill that hunt that trap that decay that this whole cycle of things that were if they were in the human world they would be criminal they'd be sadistic you know it'd be like (laughs) it'd be so taboo but it's one it's the richest life form on the planet that Mm. like feeds us and Whoa. regulates our climate Whoa. and so right That's and it's so deep to think it's so about deep. that and wow. it makes up seven percent of the earth's landscape so a yeah. minority of the earth which produces more species than any place of the earth is living in a non-dualistic 
experience where nothing is supreme. It's all just living. And one thing dies and kind of like almost like a ballet, it just falls into the next thing. And the mushrooms blossom out of that and their spores go into the air and then a bird eats. It's just this gorge, right? And if we could control it, we'd be like, don't do that bird. Don't eat that animal. Yes. As I love We do it all the time. Yeah. We see it all the time. We see some, we see the shows where the bird is about to like dive for the, the owl is going to dive for the baby rabbit. Yeah. And we're like, someone needs to go save that rabbit. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the first document, when my husband and I first got together, we were watching this meerkat documentary and the whole time (laughs) he was like, don't worry, they're not going to, they're not going to die. Like there's no way they're going to show this. And every time it was like a five hour thing where they all die yeah and they like <laughs> no yeah, yeah. why am I still watching this yeah go ahead nightmare well, for the empath well, yeah. the, well this um the jungle like that reminds me of like a speeded up version of the whole earth and like I'm thinking about humans how we really we forget we it's easy to forget that we are such a new species I mean the earth we're just like a like yeah. an eye blink yes. here yes. on earth and so lately I feel like since my whole kind of paradigm shift during the pandemic I've been like wow we are such interesting monkeys like here now we're we like figured out how to like you know reproduce and 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 like feed ourselves and keep ourselves safe from disease and like we'll rise up and then we'll evolve out and I don't know how that's gonna look but it's just all part of the cycle Definitely See, the title some... of this episode, just want to say, yeah. is we are such interesting monkeys. We are. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we figured out I how agree. to make plastic. I uh, mean, oh, like, I agree. We're artists phones? and we don't it's even know it. Fascinating. Yeah. We're alchemists. Mm. Alchemists, absolute yeah. alchemists. And, and, but everything you're saying as you're speaking, it, it all comes from an obsession with survival, which yeah. is as natural as it gets. Um, like, exactly. Everything is obsessed with survival. Yeah. And this is how oh, we're doing my. it. This yeah, is how we're doing it. Yeah. And our brains are obsessed with survival. Our brains are wired to keep us safe. Yeah. That's right. not wi- and then yeah. we're working That's together right. as a species. I mean, like so right. harmonious, like a like a colony. I mean, it's really it's a fantastic. giant colony of bees, yeah. right? And yeah. what's interesting about it is like what, what Natasha was saying a little while ago about hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I think that's our problem. And I don't say that in judgment. I yeah. say that as like, if there's an imbalance, it's the hopelessness. Because just like any other issue I work on with myself or, or my clients or students, yeah. there's that, that thing where we start attuning to the masses and we want the masses to change. Mm. And the healthy response of wanting a group of people to change is hopelessness because it's hopeless. It's, uh-huh. it's yes. healthy to feel hopeless. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. what about me? Like, what about this, this box I have here for this clip-on microphone that I ordered? Right. This this is so destructive to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what about in myself, right? So I think what happens is like with anything, I think that us three are aware of when, when something happens in the world or let's say something's happening within us that we're unaware of and then we see it happening in the world and then we project onto that, that that's the problem because we're not letting it open up something in us. Mm-hmm. That's how I see a lot of these climate issues. It's mm-hmm. a, a projection of, oh, it's the Republicans mm-hmm. or, oh, the liberals aren't doing enough of this or, oh, mm-hmm. it's those people. It's like, what if it's me? Mm-hmm. And, and what if I can fall in love with the parts of myself that are 
that are creating that island of plastic in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Like I'm part of that island, but yeah. I'm still buying plastic. Mm -hmm. So yeah. un until I buy no plastic and like live off the grid, like how could I judge another human being? Well, no yeah. Sense. And then there are people who do like they have a certain like okay i'll just use myself like i'm obsessed with stray cats like stopping that problem and i'm doing like every possible thing i can do we have a house full of cats but like that doesn't mean that i mean it's just that's what i can do but i don't even know what to say next like i ha also have to look at my own stuff what's what's driving me i mean i've done that a lot like this feeling of abandonment not being seen that whole thing that's my stuff that's really driving it but you can't con i guess this is what i want to say about it you can't i can't control anybody else i can't and, and it makes me very sad when i do and and i think that is that separation feeling i was talking about before like it makes me feel separated from them and that feeling of trying to control what you can't control. I think the separation, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tess. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I think the separation is a brilliant place to, to really focus on for a moment. Because when, uh, you know, one of the most profound experiences I ever had was with a woman who lost her son to a skateboarding accident. Ugh. And um, literally, he just died instantly. Uh, and and our work for like two years was about her fear that he would die while skateboarding. So it was one of those situations. Whoa. You mean like, before it happened? Before it happened. Wow. So we had spent six months just fully diving into every amount of work you can imagine around like finding peace if he would die while skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And then he died while skateboarding. And what was amazing was this woman didn't shut down. Like she, she practiced enough to get to this place of seeing it as another form of life versus like an end. And she didn't feel separate from her son. Aww. And so her, her natural response as she followed that lack of separation, that connection to him, even through death, was everything he was waking up in her and his lifestyle was everything in her that she was rejecting in herself. Mm. She owned like a multi-million dollar company. She was very corporate. She worked like seven days a week, 14 hour days. She wow. quit her business. She sold it. She chopped off her hair and started skateboarding. Oh my God. And, and she used all of her resources to make this incredible foundation for kids who are addicted to drugs and skateboard. Wow. And so it was like, I get chills when I think yeah, about her. Because when you're saying about the separation, like, have you ever seen that footage of when a forest fire occurs and after it's over, the animals are in there like picking through seeds? <laughs> They're not separated. They're just like right back in it. Yeah. That's and that's really what I'm beautiful. trying to do. Yeah, I wonder. And we do, unfortunately, have to wrap this up. But I, I, I just lost my cat, my very closest cat that I literally every day for like 10 years unhealthily was like, is he don't die today, Greg, like every time I'm like checking his breathing, like loving him, you know, and then he died and it's really bizarre, but because it's not bizarre, but I really think, cause I've been doing all this work on allowing the feelings and I don't feel so I talk to dead people. So there's that, but like, I did I had one bad day and then the next day I woke up and I was like I feel at peace like I know he's with me I know I and I keep checking like are you am I okay really am I okay because I've been dreading this for so long but like 
yeah, when we're not feeling that separation and just accept all of it and maybe even love all of it, if we can, then maybe that's Mm -hmm. the answer. Yeah. This is like when I've noticed when I am obsessing about something in my head, like, oh no, I'm going over it and over it and over it. That if I can go into, like I've been doing internal family systems, but if I can go into like a meditation or a visualization or get in touch with my feelings to the point where I cry. I, then my, I stop obsessing. It's just the obsession yes. is over. It's just yeah. I well, had. To, I just really... was trying not to feel the feelings. Yeah. Yeah, and Tess is really saying it right there. It's like trying not to feel the feelings is disconnection. Yeah. But yes. feeling them yes. is a connection, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, resistance is separation. Yeah. Yes. So when you just to kind of like wrap up when you were asking in the beginning, like all of us to think, you know, how do we handle eco grief? I'm learning from this, like you're giving me clarity. I, I handle eco grief by connecting to the thing I'm grieving. Yeah. And, and, and that's how it works for me. Right. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. We don't need to say another word. Everyone's healed. <laughs> Fixed it. We've solved it once again. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Thank you so much, Luis. We appreciate you so much. Yeah. And thank you. It's great to see yeah. you. Oh, so nice to be here with you too. This is great. Do you, do you want to tell people where they can find you or what's going on? Uh, no, with I don't. You? Even, I don't even care right now. You don't care. <laughs> I'll come don't on. even look for him. I really don't. No, they go to holisticlifenavigation.com. I, I just was enjoying this so much. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't care to plug myself. Luis is going to disappear after this. No one will ever see him again. I'm, I'm resolved. I, my work is done. Karma complete. Thank you. Okie dokie. That was great. It yeah, we me. do know this time it was great. We <laughs> yeah, can say sh- for sure we loved it. <laughs> Usually we record the interview after, so we're it's always a surprise. Right. <laughs> um, but now I'm feeling a little parched for some reason, but I don't have any water nearby. Oh. That's okay. I can get through it. It's time for the energy report. So the energy report is the energy I'm tuning into for the week ahead to feel what we might need, what it looks like, etc., etc. You know, it doesn't feel remarkably different. And this happens a lot, I feel like, from the week, couple weeks before in terms of, I mean, it feels like a similar thing in terms of it feels like there is like light coming through a lot like uh, we are getting like a lot of light and I would say like kind of more forward movement energy like here we go that kind of thing like what is it the nine of ten of wands nine of wands and tarot I forget the one that's all those not yeah all those wands moving fast like the travel card oh is it eight might be eight eight. okay I don't know. Anyway, it's the travel one. That's uh-huh. the sort of energy in some ways that I'm getting from it. Like, whoo, here we go, which is different than the week before. But I'm also kind of feeling like, you know what's weird is when I was tuning in a little bit ago, it felt a little different. And now it's feeling it's oh. feeling a little bit more movement-y. Um, but then that's a word, movement E. Uh-huh. Don't yeah. don't look it up, but it's <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say is like 
essentially it's the same thing I was going to offer, which is to fill up with light, which is like, if we are, um, the, okay, I'm feeling like the energy will be more helped if we are um, aligned with it. And, yes. and the way to do that is to, in my opinion, I mean, there's many ways to do that. But here's one, which is to imagine that sun above your head, poke a hole in it and fill up with light so that you can be in the movement with the energy. Does that make sense? When I was looking at it a little earlier, it did feel like there was some still some like some old resistance energy attached to it, too. So maybe that some of that is going to be there. But still, the way to do it is sort of like how, you know, when there's like a cloud cover and then the sun comes through and it just sort of burns through it. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Like if we're full of light, it's going to there won't be as much resistance to the resistance. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's just going to, like, kind of burn through it. And the way to do that also is to let it be. Just like, oh, okay, I'm full of light. I'm going to allow the feelings. I'm going to allow whatever's happening to happen. And by doing that, by letting go and, and having the intention to allow whatever happens to happen, you'll get in that flow. Yeah, coming into harmony with what is. Yes, yes. Yeah. And there does seem to be more permission for that. Um, as opposed to the last couple of weeks where it felt kind of like, remember when I made the sound, uh, 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 like uh -huh. it was like, okay, we're going yeah. forward, but no, we're not. Go we're in going and stop. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but this does feel more like, okay, now here we go. All yeah, right. I'm kind of, I keep visualizing a slip inside every time you describe oh, it. Oh, yeah. I just pictured <laughs> like getting on a little boat and then getting a little push into the yeah. water. So it's like, shh. Oh, down right. the ferry, down the like a nice little, yeah. So I guess that's really, if you're going to, all I have to offer is if you're going to meditate, bring in light, fill mm -hmm. up with light. And even maybe I just got this other thought of picturing your day ahead each day. This is something we do anyway, usually you and I, I mean, mm -hmm. um, but like maybe a ball of light and picturing your day and what you want it to look like, how you want to feel in it. That'll also help just um, kind of focusing on where, um, what you want to be feeling and putting out there. Yeah. All right. That's it. Okay. I love it. And, and it's great. like really great as usual, kind of like lead in. And yeah. other side of the coin of practical magic. So right. now it's time for practical magic. So Virgo season. Virgo season. Yay. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Virgo season. You're a Virgo. We yeah. don't have to talk about it, but it will be your birthday. Yeah, I will have, it will be my, today, the day yeah. that this comes out is my birthday. Even though you don't and, like it. Well, I just, you know what, it's awkward. It just mm. feels awkward to mm. me. Anyway, mm. we, we could, we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I already feel a lot of awkwardness. Oh, no. um, <clears throat> but the Virgo season, yeah, it's, um, in, in, it was just the full moon on Sunday morning. So now we're. In the third quarter, the energy is beginning to unwind. Um, and I, when I tuned in, I tuned into letting go of extras oh, for this okay. week. To think of letting go of extras, letting go of worry, letting go of micromanaging, which I think is another way of saying coming into harmony with yeah. what is. 
Yeah. You know? It's more specific of what yeah. it is that you're going to let resistance you're letting go. Right. But it's like the ways that you're out of alignment. I mean, now yeah. that you did that, your your energy report, I'm like, it is the ways you're out of alignment with what is. And it's also like, I was thinking of the serenity prayer, which is... Um, about letting go of the things you can't control. Yes. Like it's that when you really know, and you can sense that when it's like you're starting to worry or try to control something that you really just can't control. Yeah. And, it, and it, you can feel it too. Once you start to tune in and meditate and be sensitive, you can feel how that is not serving you to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that kind of tuning into that this week and not beating yourself up, not being like, oh, that's wrong. Tess said not to do that. I know not to do that. Why am I doing that? Not yeah. any of that. But just kind of like, oh, can I let that go? Could I just, you know, could I just flow with that? Could I just trust and see what happens yeah. and kind of feel like maybe not even put my energy into the future that I don't even know what it's going to look like instead be in the present. And it's well, like, I just want to say, a, I love my favorite mantra for that is the Sedona method one of can I allow what is to be? Yeah. Can I and be and be for some reason, those extra bees really right. help when you're yeah. in the moment like totally oh. yeah just continue to be and they and it changes like that and that's and I feel like those extra bees do they help you get into that flow yeah like as the as things continue to change and evolve can I just still be with whatever that is yeah and it doesn't mean that you can't also create positive change and um act do what you can you know but it just means when you notice these extra ways that they're like energy leaks yeah like i'm really trying to control this thing that i have no ability to control you can certainly call on angels and ask for the best i feel like sometimes that's a really good thing to remember too is yeah the best possible outcome and like calling in these currents of divine energy and light to help just bring about the best possible outcome, whatever that may be. So those things on the internal level and then also creating and harmony, creating harmony and order wherever you can, including in the physical world, because mm -hmm. it's Virgo. It's yeah. an earth sign. Virgo loves organizing, loves cleaning, loves like physical health type stuff, um, stuff in your yard like that earthy stuff and that it's con it's connected because this like as a Virgo I can attest that w one of the reasons I love clutter clearing is that it's like this is definitely something I can control mm, <laughs> you know I like see. it's right in front of me like uh, I know that if yeah. I clear out my closet I know it's going to create positive change not just in my closet but in mm. my life and it's just so comforting and so simple mm -hmm. and it brings me into the present moment into my body yeah so um stuff like that that you can do that feels good to you I just am like feeling that already that excitement and joy for creating more harmony yeah I know there's more stuff in my fridge that I could get rid of mm. like yes I felt mm. very good about this this week <laughs> yeah oh good I feel like you should go do that right now after I know this on my to-do list it's my closet oh, because Ted and I like we that was some fine-tuning stuff we did too we like decided to rearrange where we were gonna store stuff oh. also we got an air filter which seems oh, very nice. fine tuny. Yeah, um, I got. I, we just got three of those the other day. Oh, you did? Because mm -hmm. it was was it smoky over there too? No, it was. I was wondering if it would help with the. Well, we were using this certain kind of cat litter. 
Oh. And I thought it might absorb it because it was kind of, uh, what not smoky, what's the word? Dusty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were having a lot of smoke, and that's what made Ted uh, think of it. But then it was like, well, we should have done this sooner because it seems like air is pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> like clean air yeah. in your house. Yeah. So that it's, I, I feel excited about it. It does seem like I've noticed a difference. Oh, good. Um, but you could clear your crystals. You could make sure your plants are healthy. You know, that kind of like physical world stuff. Like, oh, I haven't cleaned here for a while. And that's yeah. all in alignment with all the other stuff that Natasha and I have been talking about for the energy report and practical magic. So that's practical magic for this okay, week. Okay, great. So before we pick our cards, let's tell you where to find us. You can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me or check out my classes. Um, I'm on Instagram at highestlighthealing. I offer a lot of stuff on there. Um, I don't, lessons, I get, I mean, not, you know, I talk about stuff. Doesn't that make you want to go there? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have a clearer picture of what is on your website. Uh, my website, yes. Yeah. So I was oh. talking about Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. On Instagram, I do give a lot of um, information and help Inspiring with... Inspiring Thank memes. you. Yes. Really good with the memes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'd love to see you over there. I am on Facebook too, although I'm really feeling a pull to just deactivate my facebook i don't know so yeah, no, i feel you facebook yeah. is yes something's something something over there <laughs> a little sketchy over there yeah <laughs> you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com on instagram at magic monday podcast facebook where we still are at magic monday podcast Ma magic monday pod we have a little listeners group over there um magic monday podcast listeners mm -hmm. and i think oh you can ask us a question 828-333-7181 and i think that's it what and about you, you? Can, you can find me at tesswhitehurst.com which is where i have a lot of free guided meditations and rituals and um inspiration and you can find me on instagram at tess4444 on facebook at tess whitehurst author on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all we got for you for the housekeeping. So cards, what are you drawing from today? Oh, well, I was just going to say, though, that even though Luis is a mystery where we can find him, he just mm. puffed into a cloud of smoke. We we are offering so many places to find us in comparison. Oh, we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We will tell you, though, where to find Luis, even if he doesn't want to be found. I thought he did end up telling us where you could find I him. I think he just said one thing real quick. Oh. But you can look at our show notes. and Yeah, you can find him. Yeah. He's not that elusive. It's a, not a very common name, Luis Mejica. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am pulling from the Starseed Oracle guidebook. Okay. What about you? I am drawing from the Magic of Flowers Oracle, which I wrote. Oh, you sure did. Where can people get that? Oh, they can get it at Amazon. You can learn about it at testwhitehurst.com. Really, anywhere you like to order books. Okay, great. All right, what did you pick? Thanks for asking. Um, I drew a lilac, mm. which is about your intuition. Trust your intuition. Oh, kind of similar. Yeah, and it's also about chakra balancing lilac. It's a real mm. fine-tuny, like, high-vibe it's my favorite flower, actually. Oh. 
Lilac's mystical energy reminds us that we dwell on the border between seen and unseen, known and unknown. From this place where the veil of duality is thin, all healing and wisdom is available to you and only awaits your recognition. If you take a moment to relax and tune into your body and the energy center located in the middle of your forehead, known as your third eye, you will find that the answer you seek is available to you now. You may very well already have heard your intuition and this card is a validation. Similarly, you may have been receiving omens and messages in the physical world. Take a moment to reflect on this now and see if you can glean the wisdom the universe has been surely and steadily presenting to you. I love it. Um, I chose, hold on, I was just taking a picture of it, uh, Surrender to the Sweetness. So this is very in line with what we were talking about. Um, This is a sensual, highly feminine card. It's a call to surrender to the sweetness of life, to let the ever-abundant feminine take over. To taste the fruits you've been working so hard to grow, to let your senses take over and really drink in your life with wonder, to get intoxicated on the simple bounty that this planet has to offer, which you and which you have within you when your well is full. Um, There's a lot. I'm just going to to the end. Many of us are so busy building our lives that we forget to enjoy them. We forget why we decided to build them in the first place. Disconnection from the sweetness causes more pain than we realize. So so many of us walk into soulless buildings five days a week in the name of survival. We strive to build the life of our dreams but drive ourselves to exhaustion. This card is wooing you back to the pleasures of being human, to focusing on what really matters and enjoying your incredible life. So what is that oracle deck again? It is the Starseed Oracle. That's right. By Rebecca Campbell. Um, So surrender to the sweetness. Like come into harmony with what is. Yes. And then enjoy it. It's the extra step. Right. Totally. The beauty of that. Letting go of the stuff you can't control. And then coming into harmony with the beauty of the moment. I love that. I do too. All right, everybody, have a great week. Thanks for listening. That is really something.